Warning, the content you are about to listen to is not, I repeat, not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This podcast can contain crude humor, adult situations, strong language, and drug references. Sorry, Mom. Listener discretion. I repeat, listener discretion is advised. And also, any music that is played at at any point in time during the history of the bakery, I do not own. Point blank and period. Hope you all enjoy. And go fuck yourselves. And now to honor America, please join in the singing of our national anthem by the Boston Pops under the direction of Keith Lockhart and the biggest selling female recording artist in history, Mariah Carey. Once again, for a somber episode. Last week was a little heated, and I probably hurt hurt some feelings, but honestly, I don't give a fuck. Today is something I do give a fuck about. Um, Today is Tuesday, ironically, Tuesday, September 11th, 2018, and this is the 9-11 tribute episode that I promised each and every one of you last week. Um, Basically, we're going to go over the timeline. If you don't know it already, that's unfortunate. It's been an all-day thing. and Well, it's been kind of part of history, so if you haven't learned it by now, you're going to learn it here. Um, You're going to learn where I was at this point, and 
what else? Oh, and how I feel it needs to be used in the future for future generations. Alright, well, without further ado, we might as well get into this timeline, because i got to watch Hunger Games, uh, Mockingjay Part 1, before I go to bed tonight. And this is how we're going to start it, okay? So, Tuesday, September 11th, 2001, started off as any ordinary day at, you know, just ever. You know, nobody predicted that this was going to happen. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says. Nobody predicted that this was that nearly 3,000 people were going to die. Plus more, of course. I'll get into that later. Um, but at 7.59 a.m., American Airlines Flight 11, uh, Boeing 767, that's what all the airline the, uh, hijacked planes were, were Boeing 767s. Uh, it had 92 people on board, and it takes off from Boston's Logan International Airport en route to Los Angeles. Um, at 8, 8.14, American Airlines Flight 175, a Boeing 767 with 65 people aboard, takes off also from Boston's Logan International Airport and is also headed for Los Angeles. What a coincidence. Okay. So, five minutes after Flight 175 takes off, flight attendants on board Flight 11 alert ground personnel that the plane has been hijacked and American Airlines then notifies the FBI. Now, here's what pisses me off about 9-11, and I'm talking to Amber here. At this point in time in history, the U the CIA and the FBI were not working side by side like they are now. They were being little babies and like, well, I don't like you and how you do things. Well, I don't like you and how you do things. So they had different intelligence on each of the hijackers that they weren't sharing with each other. They were keeping it hush-hush with, with, you know, the same department. You know, if they were working together, hindsight being 2020, would this have happened in the scale it did? Probably not. Probably one plane would have hit the World Trade Center, maybe two. But I again, you don't you never know. It's hindsight being 2020, so don't fucking come for my head here, okay? So um a minute later, you know, American Airlines Flight 77 takes off from Doula's International Airport outside of Washington. And that is actually a Boeing 757, so I correct myself on that one. It's also headed to Los Angeles with 64 people on board. So this is where the terrorists get a little sloppy. Okay, four minutes after Flight 77 takes off, Mohammed Atta, who is one of the main hijackers of Flight 11, makes two first of two accidental transmissions from Flight 11 to ground control, apparently in an attempt to communicate with the plane's cabin. Basically, they, could, they couldn't figure out what he was saying at the time because technology in 2001 was kind of shitty. So they didn't really figure out what he was going to what he was saying until later. And it was basically saying that they have more planes that they're going to hijack. And that this is pretty much a big part of a huge plot. Okay. So the FAA alerts American, uh, alerts NORAD, which if you don't know what that is, it's the North American Aerospace Defense Command. It's basically part of the Air Force, I believe. 
again. I don't know all this shit. Um, it, it alerts NORAD's Northeast Air Defense Sector uh, about the suspected hijacking of Flight 11. They scramble two fighter planes uh, located at Cape Cod's Otis Air National Guard Base to locate and tail Flight 11. They are not in the air... They were not in the air when Flight 11 crashes into the North Tower, which is what we're going to get into, which I believe is next. No. Again, I'm getting all my information here from History.com. They've got a full 9-11 timeline, so if I seem like I'm, you know, bouncing around, it's because, one, my computer's kind of slow, and I'm reading off of History.com. So at 8.41, the famous United 93, a Boeing 757 with 44 people aboard, takes place takes off from Newark International Airport um, en route to San Francisco. So this is the only flight that isn't, you know, en route to Los Angeles. It had been scheduled to depart at 8 a.m. around the time of the other hijacked flights. So the United, the hijackers of 93... They're kind of off, you know, they're kind of off their target at this point. So, um, so at 8.46, Muhammad Atta and the other, this is, this is when shit hits the fan, people. Muhammad Atta and the other hijackers aboard American Airlines Flight 11 crashed into the New York, in, uh, into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. And that's floors 93 through 99, killing everyone on board and hundreds inside the building. Now, this is this is the point where, you know, news stations start tuning in and they don't they don't know what the fuck's going on. OK, they don't they don't know. The president doesn't know. He's sitting in a classroom down in Florida. Now, the president at the time, if you don't know, was President George Bush. Now, let me tell you, George Bush does not get enough credit. Because, you know, he got he got us into a war, whether you agree with it or not, I don't give a fuck. He got us into a war that was necessary at the time. It's what the people of America needed because they needed a president that was actually going to do something about something of this magnitude. Again, if you don't agree with it, that's too bad. It's part of history. Wah. Complain. And that's Theodore. He's giving his two cents. He's telling me to calm down. So, you know, within seconds of... You know, Flight 11 crashing into the World Trades in the North Tower. Firefighters in New York, uh, New York PD, are you know, they're dispatched to the uh, to the site for immediate evacuation. So they've never faced something of this scale. They faced a bombing back in what 95, 93, 95. God damn. Motherfucker, I'm trying to record motherfucking podcast. You know what motherfuckers are talking out there? God damn, shut the hell up! People talking outside of my window. A bunch of bullshit. I was on a roll, folks. Sorry. What? God, this is supposed to be a serious, and we just went. So, that's at 8.47, okay, a minute after. 
At 8.50, White House Chief of Staff Andrew Card alerts the president that the plane has hit the World Trade Center. This is the famous footage of George Bush. You know the guy? You saw it this morning, right? Guy goes up to President Bush, whispers in his ear, and just the look. President Bush's face goes from peach to fucking clear white. He is He's terrified. I don't think he realized what the fuck was going to happen that day. Again, nobody did. At this time, I was in school. I was in school, and, you know, it, it, they didn't come over the intercom until later. And I'll get into that. Um, at 9.02, initially instructing tenants of World Trade Center South Tower to remain in the building, Port, Florida, Port Authority officials broadcast orders to evacuate both towers via public... Via, they basically tell... Everybody in both towers to evacuate. This, it's, it's not a drill, pretty much. Not at this point, at least. Until a minute after, hijackers crashed United flight, United Airlines flight 175 to the 75th and 85th floor of the South Tower, killing everyone on board and again hundreds inside. Now at this point, this is where I get, this is where I get sent home. Okay, my mom comes and picks me up. This is where I remember everything. So, at 9.08, the FAA bans, this is the first time in U.S. history that, well, actually, actually, the FAA bans all takeoff of flights going to New York City or through the airspace around the city. It's not yet, it's not yet to where every flight is banned at this point. But every flight to and from New York City is pretty much grounded. So as you guys can tell, shit is pretty much going berserk in uh, in New York at this point. And the Port Authority at 921 closes all bridges and tunnels in the New York City area. So nobody can get in, period, point blank. So pretty much what that means is they're getting people that are evacuating the city. They're getting them on ferries and taking them across the harbor towards, I believe, New Jersey. And I just dropped my pen. So it's a big clusterfuck. So the FAA notifies, again, NORAD of the suspected hijacking of now Flight 77 after some passengers and crew are aboard to alert family members on the ground. So family members are now contacting the FAA and saying, hey, my family is on flight, my family members are on flight 77 and they've been hijacked as well. So here's where things get a little fucking, well, not yet, not yet, can't say that yet, can't say that, can't go down the conspiracy theory alley. So at 931, President Bush addresses the country and he says, um, there's been a apparent, apparent terrorist attack on our country. Again, we didn't know that at the, of course, we didn't know what else was going to happen that day, but that speaks clearly. That's what people wanted to hear. They wanted to hear from the president. They got to hear from him at 9.31 in the morning. So, this is where things get a little questionable, and I posted a status on my personal Facebook saying that I have questions still, and it's been 17 years later. This is one of the events that questions people to this day. 
At 9.37, hijackers aboard Flight 77 crashed the plane into the western facade of the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., killing 59 aboard the plane and 125 military and civilian personnel inside the building. Now, if you go and try to watch the footage of Flight 77 hitting the Pentagon, it's going to look like a blur. I'm telling you right now. There's going to be security camera footage, and then one second there's a blur. There's just, it's a, it's a big explosion, okay? Now, other people think that it was a missile that hit the Pentagon. Of course, nobody will ever know, okay? I don't think in my lifetime or anybody else's lifetime, actually, no. When my generation's dead, that's when we'll find out the truth, because it's, there will be kids in the next in the next generation that are going to be like, you know, I kind of wonder what happened, what really happened, and then they're going to find out, and then my generation is going to be long gone. So at 9:42 a.m., and here it is, the first time in U.S. history, the FAA grounds everybody, all flights, over. Or bound for the continental United States. Over the next two and a half hours, some 3,300 commercial flights and 100 and 1,200 private planes are guided to land at airports in Canada and the United States. Just let that sink in. Just that, just okay. For people that live near airports, you're hearing air traffic all over every single day. I heard it while it was in Arizona. There's an airport called Sky Harbor all the way in Phoenix. I heard it every day. Now just imagine hearing that every so often because they're taking in flights every every second. They're taking in flights and then all of a sudden silence. Definitely. I remember hearing it. I remember standing on my front porch and asking my stepdad, Greg, who I trash talked him. I did I trash talk him in the last episode? No, I didn't. That'll be another episode. Um, and I was exp- I was asking him what the hell's going on because all I'm hearing is all these in all these planes, plane engines roaring, and he's and he tells me that you know all the flights have been grounded. They can't go anywhere. Okay. So at 9:45, again, you're going to see you're going to see that this shit happens so quick that there's no way to save everybody. Just just no way. At 9:45, amid escalate, escalating rumors of other attacks, the White House and US Capitol buildings are evacuated. A number with along with numerous other high-profile buildings, landmarks, and public spaces. That's what I told you today that all the landmarks were closed. Because they didn't want anybody blowing any other shit up or killing anybody. They were serious at this point. And trust me, trying to get in the White House at that point, it, ain't gonna, it, it wasn't going to happen. They had snipers and I'm pretty sure anti-aircraft guns. All that, all that shit. So this is where shit takes a terrible, terrible, terrible turn. At 9.59 in the morning, the South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses, killing everybody inside.
I honestly, I hearing, hearing, you know, watching all these documentaries and doing all the research, and now hearing all the voices from the towers, it's just, it's an eerie thing to get into. It really is. The research in 9-11 is not, honestly, is not for the faint of heart. It's really not. It's, it's, it's sad. It really is. And again, like I said, this is where it take this is where shit starts to take a terrible, terrible turn. Terrible, terrible turn. Ten oh seven after passengers passengers and crew aboard the hijacked flight ninety three contact friends and family and learn about the attacks in New York and Washington. They mounted they amount in an attempt to retake the plane in response. Hijackers deliberately crashed the plane into a field in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, killing all 40 passengers and crew aboard. Now the now the um, predicted destination for this plane was the Capitol building. I don't think so. I honestly think that it was going to be the White House, but that's my honest opinion. And I've heard reports that the hijackers didn't crash the plane. They were they were distracted by all the commotion. And I'm going off of what United, the movie United 93 said, okay? This is all based on, you know, everything. And I applaud the crew and passengers of Flight 93. You guys may no longer be with us. But you guys are heroes. Everybody, all the first responders, the firefighters, the people that came, went in, risked their health and well-being afterwards. You all are all heroes in my book. Trust me. Trust me. But the the people of Flight 93 to just say, "No, nah, we're not going to we're not going to take it anymore." And try to retake the plane. That took guts. That took absolute guts. And then finally, the final World Trade Center tower collapses 102 minutes after being struck by Flight 11 at 10.28 a.m. Honestly, I I don't know where to continue. There there's more events, guys. There there's more. Um uh, the mayor at the time of New York, uh, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, calls for an evacuation of Lower Manhattan South Canal Street. That means everybody towards ground zero needs is going to be evacuated. That means 1 million residents, workers and tourists as efforts to continue throughout the, and the efforts will continue throughout the afternoon to search for survivors at the World Trade Center site. So literally not even, not even 30 minutes. And there's been an evacuation and they're already planning to go in there to find people trapped. So, I applaud Mayor Mayor Giuliani for that one. I give him that one. So at 1 p.m., 
from an undisclosed Air Force base in Louisiana, President Bush announces the, that military forces are on high alert worldwide. So on all the military bases in the U.S., they are on pretty much red alert at this point. Then 2.51, U.S. Navy dispatches missile destroyers to New York and Washington, D.C. This is where America got serious, folks. They weren't fucking around at this point. They were done. They, we were done. This was the bloodiest event since the fucking Civil War. And a first... Like, it's not... I, I wouldn't even consider Pearl Harbor a... Would you consider Pearl Harbor a terrorist attack? It's where the Japanese attacked us in Hawaii. Okay, cool. I... Okay. Me personally, I wouldn't. I would consider that an act of war at the time, but this is the first like terror, first attack on American soil that I don't even know. Okay, and then five twenty. This is the one. This is the building that sparks the most controversy. The forty-seven story Seventh World Trade Center collapses after burning for hours. The building had been evacuated in the morning, and there were no casualties, though the collapse forces rescuers to flee for their lives. Why did Why did Building Seven go down? There wasn't anybody in it. The fire firefighters even said that they could have put the fires out. Please explain that one to me. Nobody can. And finally, at 8.30 p.m., President Bush addresses the nations, addresses the nation, and pretty much the fucking world, calls the attacks evil, despicable acts of terror, and declaring that America, its friends, and allies will stand together to win the war against terrorism, uh, and sparking the war on terror. Now... President Bush would go back to the site, would go to the site three days later and do his world famous, we hear you and everybody in the world can hear you. There we go. So there you go. Timeline of events of September 11th, 2001. Almost 10 years to the day, however. Navy SEALs finally catch up with the bastard, the mastermind behind the 9-11 terrorist plot. Osama Bin Laden, leader of Al-Qaeda, and they fucking kill him. They fucking kill him. They shoot him in the goddamn head. They weren't, we were not fucking around at that point. People were getting pissed and getting tired of... Well, the search for Osama bin Laden is still on. The search for Osama bin Laden. We have leads, but we can't find him. But he was found in Pakistan, just hiding out, living living life like a free man, until the U.S. Marines fucking shot his ass dead. I was a freshman in high school at that time. That was a great day. That was an awesome day to be a, fr- a an American at that point. So yeah, they get that dude. So now I would like to talk about how we can use, you know, the 9-11 footage. Well, actually, I want to... I want to give my personal thoughts. You know, 
I was watching some 9-11 documentaries today, like I always do every year. I watch the same documentaries. They're they're so good. There's so many of them, and they're so good. They're so well put together. And, you know, the footage of the jumpers, man, that gets me every time. Every Anything else doesn't affect me. But when you see people jumping out of buildings just to escape a li- literally a living hell, shit. Some people may call that the coward's way out. I call that a way of surviving. At least trying. I'm just saying. Just hearing. I'm not going to go into detail, but, you know, just hearing firefighters, the surviving firefighters recollection of just hearing people just jump from the buildings. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's one of those things that'll probably haunt me until the day I die, just hearing that sound. But, you know, and you can't, it's like, you can't even, you don't want to go look for that stuff. Like, that's the kind of footage you don't want to go look for. But, like, if you want if you want to look at 911 footage there's youtube videos that got the entire broadcast of CNN on there um it's not hard to find you just got to look for it uh, uh but here's how i think that 911 could be used for future generations cuz honestly i think it's kind of a it's kind of a reminder that we're never safe. And I think after 9-11, shit changed a lot. Like security at airports, you can't bring certain items on airports, and all that jazz. Yeah, it may be an inconvenience, but Jesus, I don't want another 9-11 to happen in my lifetime. Our nation right now cannot fucking handle that. We're too stressed out, and we're too angry. We're too angry. We may not like the guy, I may not like the guy in office, but you know what? He said something today that really got to me. And it's something that I needed to hear from a president that I hadn't heard in a long time because I shut myself out from politics. He said, President Trump said this pretty much. Not for verbatim or whatever, how the fuck you say that. But he basically said, you know, we're stronger than we were 17 years ago and we're going to keep fighting we're not going to stop you know we're going to stand together as one that's something we need to do yeah we have political differences and all that stuff but you know I and I know I'm not the only person that thinks this way I don't want another 9-11 to happen hell no because you know what that leads to That lead. that's going to lead to a draft that's going to lead to another round of seeing mothers ripped away from their children, fathers ripped away from their from their children and their wives, their families. I look at veterans every day in wars that I was even born for, and I thank them because you know what? It probably wasn't it wasn't easy to go over to Vietnam. It wasn't easy to go over to Korea or Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, for God's sake. All over the world. It probably wasn't easy. I, You know what? I know it wasn't easy. And my heart goes out to those first responders that are dying of cancer. Like I said, they risk their health and well-being. That's what I'm talking about. 
Sooner or later, we're not going to have first responders that are going to be able to tell their story because they're all going to be dead from cancer and other other nasty diseases that they got from that toxic, toxic rebel. And you know what? I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories on this one because this is not the episode to do it. But you know what? The footage of 9-11 could be used as an educational piece. It could be used as, you know, for kids that, you know, go on flights and they're bitching and moaning that they got to stand in line for an extra two seconds while, you know, a TSA agent checks and makes sure that their son or daughter doesn't have, you know, a bomb or some shit or some harmful material that they might have forgotten that was in their pocket or something. So they can prevent that stuff. That's there for your own safety, folks. You may not like it, but it's there for your own fucking safety. Do you want some Joe Schmo to come in an airport again and try... And this has happened since. Do you want some Joe Schmo to come in there with a fucking AK-47 fully automatic rifle and mow down everybody? And not have the right security? I don't want that shit. I don't want it. But use 9-11 as an educational piece. Don't show the jumpers. Don't show the people that are taking their lives to escape what they thought was a living hell. Don't do that. Just show that just show them clips of, you know, of the planes hitting the buildings and tell and tell them. Don't show them. Tell them. Teach them the significance of this event. Because you know what? We're in a day and age now where the generation that's now starting school, they weren't around. Not at all. Amber was in second grade, if you didn't catch that. Amber was in second grade. I was in kindergarten. It's, it, it's just a sad state of affairs that now... The people that have lived on, you know, I don't want to say the live on and tell the tale because that's being disrespectful. But the people that, you know, that were around the country that were children and didn't understand what was going on. Now we have to tell our own kids because we're having kids now. And no, I didn't get Amber pregnant again. Come on. But little kids... In 2001, they're having children now. And now they got to explain to their kids why that's on the TV and why people are sad. That's all you got to do. Yeah, Sophie, so my, my daughter today had a million questions, and I didn't understand how to explain any of them. So Amber had to take over and say, bad men flew planes into a building. The buildings fell down. People... People passed away. She's five. That's putting it in layman's terms. Wait till she's like ten. Wait till she's ten. It's seventeen. It's the seventeenth anniversary. Wait till it's the twenty-fifth anniversary. Then I'll explain it to her. You know what? No, I'll say this. Maybe the twenty-fifth anniversary of nine eleven. Maybe the government will wake up and go like, you know what? It's been long enough. It's been long enough. 
No, jet fuel didn't bring down the World Trade Center. We did. Yeah, that may that may piss a lot of people off that I just said that. But you know what? It, I I guarantee you. I've watched every every 9/11 documentary. There is no scientific evidence that says a jet fuel can melt those steel beams. No way in hell. But hey, that's another episode. That'll be my conspiracy theory episode. But I'm telling you right now, there's no way. And with some of the first responders hearing explosions after the fact, after the fact that the buildings collapsed, come on, come on. Again, that'll piss some people off that I said that. But that's my personal opinion, and that's gonna be another episode. My name's Aaron Baker. This has been the 9-11 Tribute episode. Have a great night.